This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I had a lot of great responses from my homeschool podcast that you may have heard in January. If you haven't, I would look on my podcast show and take a listen. One of my parents and patients in my own office actually had the opportunity to listen to the podcast and said, hey, I think it would be really cool if you interviewed a parent who actually homeschools. And I thought, great idea. Will you join me? And I would love to have your daughter come too, because this is so fun to be in the studio with a family that I've been a part of since you were born. Isn't that amazing? So I'd like to introduce Uh, Amy Rogers and Ava Gupta, and they're joining me today. And we're going to talk a little bit about home homeschool and kind of how they got involved and some of the challenges, because I know in addition to educational issues, of course, financial, it, it, it it takes a lot to, to build a good homeschool and a community, but also when it comes to children who have some health concerns. And so I think we're going to have a great conversation because, Ava, I think, you're, I think all kids are unique, but you're pretty special to me. So shh, don't tell all my other patients, okay? <laughs> She's giving me the thumbs up. So I'd like to introduce Amy Rogers. If you can just tell us more about yourself and your family. And um, and then, Ava, I want, would like for you to tell us something about yourself, too, okay? Okay. So I'm Amy, and um, I met Dr. Adams when Ava was probably like three days old, fresh out of the NICU. Um, we, we didn't plan on homeschooling at that point. We didn't plan on it for quite some time, actually. But what's interesting about our story is that we actually are generational homeschoolers by accident, and that I was homeschooled until fifth grade, and then I went back to the public school system. And so I was never against the idea of homeschooling, but I hadn't quite planned to do that path myself until we hit some roadblocks, and here we are doing the same thing. So it's interesting to reflect on how you come to that decision and how you how different it is now versus, I think, when I was homeschooled. There are similarities, but there's a lot of differences, and there's a lot more acceptance and avenues to take than I, I think my mother had. I would imagine resources, too. Well, in, in some ways, but, you know, there's a lot of differences. When she homeschooled, you could go to the district, and she got all the textbooks. They just gave them to her. So she never had to worry about, like, curriculum planning, and that's something that does not happen today. Wow. I didn't realize that. I'm really glad you brought light to it because it sounds like it's a lot, a lot, a different amount of work than maybe it was in the past. And you've got that ability to kind of know, have the experience as being a student and homeschooling. So I, I didn't know that. That's, that's really great to hear. And you can put your, um, your own experience to 
you know, in, in what you're doing. And I would agree. I imagine when she was three years old, I guess we don't really think about like education yet at that point, but it is something that takes time to kind of develop and evolve into. Ava, will you introduce yourself? And I have a question for you. I want you to tell me what is your favorite part about doing school at home? I get to do it at nighttime and I get to play all day. I like that. That's a really good answer. That I, I think that's awesome. So you get to you get to plan your day the way that it works out for your family, right? Yeah. And who do you live with? Who's at home? Mom. And who else? My two brothers, my dog, and my hamster, and my sister, and my dad. Wow. So tell me the names of your brothers and your sister. My sister is named Addie, and my one of my brothers' name is Hammy the hamster, and my other's brother is named Hunley the dog. Oh, I get it. Okay. I was starting to wonder a little bit about that, um, What who, who the others were. And they're your brothers. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That is very cool. How old are they? Do you know? Mm, Hammy's about four months old, and Hunley's eight or nine. So they're, they're good age, right? Uh-huh. That's so fun. Do you like playing with them? Yeah. Do you help take care of them? Yes. What, do you have a favorite? No, I can't pick. That's both. They're bo- you both. You love them both? I love them both equally, but I think the hammy's cuter. Okay. <laughs> Hunley's going to be hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe we can cover his ears when you, uh, when you if you listen to the podcast at home. How's that? Okay. It's okay. I love that you love them both together. That's cool. Well, so go back, if you don't mind, and tell me kind of how... Did when and how did the idea of homeschooling come about? For Ava? So I will note what's interesting is that I was homeschooled originally because my older brother was having some behavioral issues in kindergarten. And my mom was advised by a friend who was a special needs teacher to get him out because he was going to get labeled. Hmm. And so she did. And when it came to my time, he was already out. So we just paved along. We just kept going, you know. So I never knew anything different until I got older. And the same thing almost, not behavioral issues, but the same kind of situation to the T almost arise with Ava. And that's still 30 years later. So not a lot has changed within our educational system, which to me is disappointing in some ways. Yeah. But uh, what happened is we had Ava in a developmental preschool for ages three and four. And then for her fifth grade year, they wanted to change her classrooms. And I said, well, we absolutely cannot do that because Ava has a significant medical history. And when there's a lot of change, the first thing that happens is she decreases her feeding. And at that time, we were having a very hard time with getting enough food into her. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we still struggle with that, as you know. But um, so that that started it. And what I found is that everything was great until you challenge them. Okay. <laughs> don't like getting outside input from the parents so much. So we went through a very long IEP battle. That was um, my point of view. Everybody has a different experience, but it was very manipulative and it's very data based. But despite that, you can you can play with your numbers how you want. One of the things that upset me is that they quizzed her on a book about her verbal comprehension that they knew that I read to her every night. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that you can't. That's not accurate data. So at the end of we got to the point where it was either get an educational lawyer or let it go. And at that point, me and my husband decided we're not really fighting about Ava right now. 
we're fighting over who's right, and that's not benefiting Ava. Mm-hmm. And so that led us to decide we're going to start homeschooling her. And now we're in the trend, and she's still homeschooled. So she's in third grade this year. So that started her last year of preschool. Okay. And now she's in third grade, and we have completely altered her lifestyle, but fallen into it. And so I can't really imagine her going back to school right now. And what, how would you describe her routine and what your routine is like and, and how homeschooling has really helped you be able to manage your family and your family's needs? So it's actually been a godsend in many ways that, you know, when we were in the midst of the battle, I couldn't see or wouldn't have recognized. But Ava has substantial health issues. Um, she has some developmental issues. And so we are still in a lot of therapy. And then um, my second child, who wasn't born at the time, but was born shortly afterwards, she ended up to also have her own medical challenges. So we have often on seven to eight therapies a week. And there's no way we could manage that with an active school schedule. It's just impossible. But this way, they all get to go to their individualized therapy. They get the support they need. And then I'm in the therapy. So when we come home, we are replicating that support at home so that they get everything they need plus an education without any of the constricts of trying to work of a classroom of 20 people. And trying to catch up, yes. you know, when they're not there and catching up. And then I, unfortunately, you know, I've got patients who have different medical backgrounds and we battle a lot with truancy and, you know, how, how and that definitely impacts. But most importantly, it impacts their learning because they're not there, you know, if they're supposed to be there, that is where they benefit the most. It, it, you know, if they're in the classroom, they benefit the most being present versus trying to catch up and kind of having, you know, you know, that little bit of both kind of thing. I'm not trying to say like a hybrid model, but more that I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it, it doesn't benefit the child and their learning and their and everything about it to not have consistency. And I don't you can't make up what you miss that easily, especially in that structure, because the teacher has so many kids. So I, I think the version of makeup would be much different. One of the most poignant things that sticks out in my mind is she had um, what's called a major gut reconstructive surgery last February performed by a transplant surgeon at Cleveland Clinic. And she was two days into recovery. She was still mostly drugged, in pain. And the teacher advocate came into the room and asked if they needed help coordinating with her school. And it just absolutely blew my mind that it, that we would even be thinking about worrying about her catching up at this point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you're you you probably couldn't learn too much when you were trying to sleep and recover, huh? Yeah. Do you remember that, or were yeah. you pretty I was tired? Like, well, my friends would call me. I'd be like, I'd be up for like one minute, and be like, guys, I gotta hang up. I'm too tired. Yeah, I bet it was tiring. Do you, can you tell Ava a little bit about what was going on with your tummy that they needed to do that surgery? My intestines were twisting and my colon was dead. Oh, wow. And so they fixed that for you, huh? Yeah. Do you remember how they did it? I'd be asleep when they were doing it. <laughs> you couldn't watch it, huh? <laughs> yeah, so the doctor, and he fixed it. Mm-hmm. And are you doing better? Yeah. That's so good to hear. I'm, I'm so glad. And I'm back in gymnastics. <gasps> You are. And I figured out how to do a backbend. Oh, my goodness. That's hard to do. 
That's so cool. Tell me more about gymnastics. I can do handstands. I can go into a handstand bridge. I can do the splits. I can pull, flip around the bar. Wow, that's that's really fun, huh? Do you like that? Yeah. So what do you think about doing school at home? I know you said you like it because then you could play all day and you do it in the evening. Yes. What else do you like about it? I also really like literature because my parents get to read to me. And I like getting read, too. And I really like the math. What do you like to read about? Mm, I like reading fiction. Mm, okay, okay. Any specific topic? Like Babysitter's Clubs and Magic Treehouse. Oh, are those, a, are those like a series of books that you like to read? Yeah. Very cool. And you're in third grade, right? Yeah. And your sister Addie, is she? did she start school yet? Yeah, she's doing school. Okay, is she preschool or already in first grade? Uh, what comes first, kindergarten or preschool? Kindergarten. Or preschool. <laughs> she's in preschool. It was a long time ago that I was in preschool and kindergarten. So she's in preschool. Yeah. Okay, so she's not in kindergarten yet. No. Do you help her learn too? No, my mom does. She does all that. Yeah. Do you guys do, you guys do school together or does mom kind of do a little bit sometimes so with you or sometimes with her? What we do is we do it together. So what she does is she teaches me how to do something while she helps daddy with her work. Okay. All right. And do you guys get along pretty good? No. No? Well, do you guys fight sometimes? Well, she takes my stuff and then she punches me. Well, yeah. So what do you do? What do you do? What could you do to help her when she does that so she doesn't do it again? Tell my mom, tell her not to do it again. Yeah. Try to try to work together, huh? On that. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, so you like it and it allows you to be able to get your therapies and go to gymnastics, right? So you're still getting activities. What about, do you get an opportunity to meet other kids? Yeah. I'm not in private class. I'm in a full class of gymnastics kids. So you've got, so that's one way that you can meet friends. Yeah. I haven't made any friends, but in my dance class, I've made friends. Okay, good, good. Oh, and you're doing dance too? Yeah. In horseback riding. And horseback riding. Horseback riding is a private class. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I, I you have to focus when you're riding on a horse so yeah. that you, it's not really meant for you to kind of talk to friends. But so you've met some people in dance and you're in, in a, with a group of people. So what I'm getting at too is that even though you're homeschooled, you're getting a chance to, to do things that are physically active, right? And you're getting a chance to be around other kids. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges that you found then? Like, tell me about just saying to the school system. I'm curious because I really don't actually know about that process when you're registering for like kindergarten or something like that. Like, what do parents need to know about when they tell when you tell your district we're going to homeschool? And what did you have to do to show that you're doing what you're supposed to do because of policy and procedures. So Ohio is fairly loose compared to some states. In some states, homeschooling is heavily regulated. Ohio has procedures, but they're not, in my opinion, if you're, you know, if you're teaching, they're not so bad. That's that's good. That helps you. Yeah. So we have to submit once they turn six. So like Ava was not six the year she started kindergarten, so I did not have to notify But formally, the year she turns six, we have to send in what's called a notification of intent. And that essentially says that this child will be homeschooled, and then we attach to it our curriculum. 
and you have to cover each base, what your child's going to learn. And then the first year, you don't have to complete an assessment. But the second year, when you notify, you must turn in with an assessment that proves progress, which can either be a portfolio that's been analyzed and approved by an educator with a current license or a test. I personally like to do the achievement test with her because then it gives me feedback and I can see where she's scoring well, where she's improving. And, you know, like this year I, I noticed her grammar was a little bit lower than her other things. And I thought, okay, we have to focus on that. And, and what I love about that is that you're actually taking the information from that testing and being able to individualize it for her, which is hard to do in a large classroom, I would imagine. Yeah. And I think the testing in a large classroom is not used. It's not utilized. It's mostly standardized testing that's used for them to get their grant money or their federal funding. It's not actually about the student's performance. And speaking of grant money or um, did you do you, are these materials things that you have to purchase yourself? Yes. Okay. There is there is a financial impact to homeschooling. Okay. If it's some people do it very low cost and that's that's fine if that's what fits them. There's many different types of homeschoolers. As you, as you heard in your last podcast, there's unschoolers and there's like Christian homeschoolers and then there's regular homeschoolers. But um, there's there's a big group of people who homeschool just like me, with children with special needs, you know, and I think that group has grown a lot. I think that group is almost as big as Christian schoolers these days, which was the original group of homeschoolers. Yes, that's right. That I, I learned that during the podcast that it really all started when there was, you know, religious families that decided they wanted to be able to teach religion in school, for example, and, and do it at home. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you, do you find that that collaboration and that um, support or, and do you find support from others that are in similar situations? So one thing that's probably made it a lot easier for me than say my mother 30 years ago is that we have social media, we have easy groups there's a lot of Facebook support of a lot of parents who've done what we've done before us. So when I was looking for secular uh, materials or I was like, hey, I've got a child that I think is dyslexic. What's a good reading curriculum? You know, the feedback's already there to help us find it. And it doesn't mean it's going to be a fit for your child, but it's certainly better than having to buy five different curriculums to find the one that fits. Right. I mean, that would be very, that would add, definitely it adds up, yeah. right? I mean, that's and a no does. brainer. But I think the first year was the worst. Because the longer you're with it, you figure out how to work things. You know, you, you can buy it off somebody else. So you can reduce your costs. And and now I'm like, well, keep the second one here. And the second one's going to be virtually free, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, why reinvent the wheel? Except yes. every kid is different. So, I mean, I'm In sure theory, that. you might need a different program. But you shouldn't need, like, all five different pieces. Right, right. That, yeah. that makes sense to me. So run me through, like, a typical day. So what we do is probably every homeschooler is different. I am not regimented into that. She has to hit like each five subjects a day. I have basically in my mind how often I'd like her to get through a chapter or a unit in each subject. Okay. We try to hit reading and math more frequently. So she might do reading and math, say, three or four times a week. Um, but then the other ones, it's like, you know, we get the chapter done in one lesson. So then we'll always have reading or math. Every day, we're either going to hit one of those two core things, but then we're also going to get a chapter in our science done or our social studies or our grammar or our spelling. So, you know, we can be flexible. And then I can be flexible with her. Do you feel like social studies or science today? What's your favorite? 
you said reading, but outside of reading and you said math, let's, let's talk about the other core subjects. Like if mom, literature, if mom gave you a choice that it, that would be literature. Yeah. What would be your second? Yeah, science. Wait, no, um, uh, social studies. Social studies. Do you do you know and remember what you're learning in social studies right now? Geography. I love geography. I I when I was a little girl, I used to love to look at maps. I still do, but now I do it on my phone or on the computer. Oh. Yeah. What are you? What area are you learning about? Is it a specific area? Um, the seven continents. Do you remember what they were? I think one was. Asia, Africa, Antarctica, South America, North America. Because um. we were thinking about all these the other day, and I, I was trying to remember. I think you've got... What's the island one, Eva? Hawaii? No, not Hawaii. No, not Hawaii. <laughs> well, no, Africa's a continent. But what's the one that sits off to the side? But you didn't mention kangaroos. Africa, so that's one. So you got one more. That's it. Mm-hmm. it where did, what was the clue? The kangaroos. Oh. It starts off a U, but I forgot what nope. it's called. Yeah, two more Sounds like, oh, it's two more to go? Yeah, the U one has England, Spain, France, <gasps> Europe. Europe. I couldn't think of it either. Europe, and then the one looks like an island. Begins with an A. Of kangaroos? Africa. Wait, no. No, us. Australia. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I My son wants to visit every single continent. I think he's done pretty good. He likes to travel a lot. He hasn't been there yet. He hasn't been there and he hasn't been to Australia or Africa. But I think he's been to all the others, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he started traveling when he was in college, but that's a side note. So that's cool. I thank you for going over those with me. I I couldn't even remember. So now I remember I learned something, huh? Mm -hmm. All right. So you guys do at least, you said math and reading. reading. One of the two of them every day. One of the two of them, yes. And then we hit the other side subjects. I call them side subjects. And it's not that they're not important. But you can sit down and read a chapter of science. You can sit down and you can read a chapter of social studies. But you have to focus on the math. Mm -hmm. And you have to focus on the reading. And the cumulative repetition of doing it helps, you know. And one thing I've noticed, especially with Ava, in which homeschooling's really helped us, is that sometimes, for whatever reason, she doesn't get the snap right away. So we have to, we can, and this is what homeschooling allows us, is to back off. So we don't move forward we just teach the same lesson, and she's just not ready for it for whatever reason. But we'll hit the time when she is, and then once it's in there. Yeah, that's really good. in there. Yeah, and she's got it and yeah. can move on, as opposed to, like, sort of getting it and then going on and then having to backtrack yes. Well, like and math is cumulative. So yeah. if, you, if you don't get it and you move on, you know, that poor child is never going to get it. Yeah. But we have the ability to back off or if she's particularly elevated or not in a space to learn, we can just say, you know what, let's just go, I'll read to you. Like, it's just not going to happen today. Yeah. And that's okay. We don't have a, we don't follow a school schedule, so to speak, like Monday to Friday. Okay. So all seven days can be a day of learning. If we have a long day, if we come home from gymnastics practice and we're exhausted, we, we'll skip that day. You know what? We have Saturday and Sunday. We can make it up one of the other days. And we also run school year round, which gives us the ability to slow down when we need to and not get behind because we'll just pick it up as we go. 
Yeah, that's really good because, I mean, we also know that children statistically lose about 30% of what they learned throughout the year. I'm, I'm not putting down summer breaks. I'm just, I'm just saying in, in your family situation, I would imagine that the, the learning is, is more retentive. I, I do think it helps. I mean, I can see the kids, I can see in our friends, you know, children, family, like, yeah, they, the, the brain just stopped. It doesn't work that way if it doesn't have to. And that's natural for anybody. It's natural for us as adults. I have to relearn some things, which yeah. is interesting. I have to relearn the way they teach math. I was going to ask you about new math. I've watched comedians joke about new math. And so, yeah, I bet I'm sure you do. But I will will tell you what, I hated it in kindergarten. I was like, why are there these number bonds? Yeah. (laughs) I just tell her two plus two is four Four. and it's four. Yeah. (laughs) And be done. But um, now I actually would advocate for it because having had to learn it myself and then teach it to her and walk through it, I see it. And my math's getting sharper because I can see, you see why it's working and mm-hmm. I think, you know, the way we were taught wasn't like that. I remember I literally would tell myself, don't try to figure out why it is what it is with math. Just do Same. it. Yeah, but, just get but, the answer. Yeah, what I hear you saying is that basically it, it gives you that why. It does. And for a child like Ava, actually knowing that why, because she wants to know why everything is, it helps. It helps bridge those gaps. So, Absolutely. So it is a good thing. Yeah. I sit here and I and I think to myself and I thought about this during the pandemic when kids were having to stay home and um, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know if my kids would listen to me. Do you do you find that challenging sometimes or do you feel like it's what they know already? Um, in some ways, I mean, Ava came out of public preschool, but Ava's not Ava's a, you know, she's, you know, Ava's like a. She's a charismatic, like little ball of herself. She listens. She follows the rules. So she's been fairly good. Not to say it's always perfect because it's not. Yeah. We definitely have our moments where we have to use a little bit more of a stern voice and you do your work. Yeah. How do you feel about your mom is also your teacher? I don't need to worry about calling my mom teacher. I do mean, you call her teacher? No. You just like call her mom. Like some kids in school call their teacher mom, but I don't need to worry about that problem because my mom is my teacher. Oh, like accidentally they say mom, but they were they they did it as a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, for you, your mom is your teacher. So I don't need to worry about the problem. No, it's not a problem for you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would imagine you'd be a very good girl. How about Addie? Is she listening? So <laughs> that's where I would say we'll see. Okay. Addie is much more. Um, sorry, one. She's much more headstrong. Um, what, strong-willed. Not, strong-willed. That's the word I want. <laughs> I mean, I love her to pieces, but she will tell you what she thinks, and you will have a little talk about what she thinks. Yeah. So she's probably going to be a different experience. But she's growing up watching Ava, so the difference is she wants to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that'll last, but if I'm teaching Ava and I didn't necessarily have plans to teach her, she'll be over there wanting to do her work, too. Oh, yeah. So I feel like we might get a, a write-off effect for a bit. I, I hope, I think you will. And maybe, maybe for a very long time, I, I hope, because uh, I always say monkey see, monkey do. It's like they, they really, and you're such a good example of being a, a big sister, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what, and so when you say like, when we're talking about like an average day, do you, do you have a calendar? Do you just kind of go day by day? Because I know you've got to fit in we the go with, therapies, we go with too. The flow because every day is different. Okay. Uh, every day a therapy. I mean, in theory, we have a therapy routine. Okay. But 
some days are more trialing than others. Some days the kids have to work harder than others. Some days we're just emotionally not regulated. And that could be because we had a poor social experience or we had a big gymnastics practice. So my goal, roughly, is that by the end of the year, every year, and I, I consider my years to start and restart with September, just like just like a school year. That's how I'm programmed too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. some people don't do that. That's how I'm programmed. So that's how I do it still. But just so long as we are done by then. Yeah. And what? we usually peter out. So by, by, she gets a little of a light summer. By the summer, she'll be mostly done. And that's my goal too, with the social studies, the science, the extra subjects. Yeah. But then we'll just keep the math and the reading going. Yeah. Throughout, throughout the time. And is there anything that you can reflect on being homeschooled that you have either said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this just like it was, or like, like it was for me, or even the opposite. Like I definitely learned that that's something that I want to do different. So what would you do the same? What do you feel like you're doing different? I feel like I'm a little bit more lenient maybe with when we do the work, but I feel like Ava's a different child than I was. Okay. So we have to be in it together to get the results out of it that we want. I typically only had to do an hour a day, but I woke up in the morning and did my work and got it done. Yeah. But I had different circumstances than she does. Yeah. So you, you basically are are working into her needs and, and really making the most out of her educational time when you feel like she's going to get the most benefit from it. Exactly. And I've, I've learned that the hard way too, because I've learned that we can sit there and push for an hour when she's not there and we won't get anywhere or I can scrap it and we can come back and do the same thing that was taking us forever in five minutes. Yes. Because otherwise you're just wasting time and nobody's learning. Nobody's, it's not benefiting anybody at that point. No, no. And then, but oh, I will add, no, I'd love to. I mean, one thing that I think I didn't realize was inadvertently left over from my childhood yeah. is that when I grew up, because I was homeschooled till fifth grade, if the weather was nice, we were outside all day. Oh. We played all the time outside. We played till dark. And I just, I cannot in the summer times, like when we have nice days, I can't, these kids who have to go to bed at eight o'clock, it physically like hurts me. I'm yeah. like, nope, we're outside. Mm-hmm. We are outside playing. We are outside living. And I, I think that's ingrained in me from growing up that way. So that's something that you've, you carried in into yes. your experience and now being being mom and teacher yourself. And, and that that's really something to think about, if, you know, because on a beautiful day, she's she's more physically active. She's getting more experience uh, of being able to do that versus, you know, being in the classroom. What do you think about it? What do you like to do the most when you go play outside? I used to swing. You like to swing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a swing at your house or yeah. do you go to a park? I like going to parks and I have a swing at my house. Okay, very good. What else? I like climbing on our like dome and slack line. Okay, so you rock climb and you swing. What else? I like like when it's nice and warm, we get out our like slip and slide. Oh yeah, in the summer, right? Uh-huh. It'd be a little cold to do that right now, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do when the weather's cold? Do you guys walk? Do you... Do you do anything outside when it's chilly? I normally just bring over a friend after their school. Oh, okay. And and what do you guys do together? Play. You play outside or inside, or it depends on the weather. Depends on the weather. Do you like to play in snow? Sometimes, like if 
it's like really cold, we play in the snow. But like if it's like warm and it's snowy, we're like that's gonna just be weird because it's not cold. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to play in the snow if it's slushy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the rain, you know. Okay. So, what would you? feel people who are either homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling like what are some important things you've definitely learned from the experience I think you have to individualize it to meet what your family needs I don't think there's one exact pathway to get there and you have to be aware of that and the one thing I see people do the most is to go and just suddenly buy all this curriculum and then they don't use any of it and there's a process they say you need to de-school I'm not sure we really needed to do that since Ava came from preschool, but what I've seen time and time again is people try to rush into replicating school at home, and it's not school at home. Okay. It's homeschooling is an approach to schooling that you do with your child in lieu of that. Okay. So if you're trying to make an eight-hour day of homeschooling at your house, you're not benefiting them, and that's one reason I think a lot of kids struggle during COVID, because you don't need eight hours, because you have one child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you know when you're replicating that to the T, it's it just doesn't work. And do you, are most of the materials that you use online? I or prefer, do you have a little bit? I both? prefer books. Okay. I yeah. think that you, especially for elementary children, you need to read it and feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and see I do. it and underline it and yeah, because everybody learns a little bit differently. Um, you know, whether they're visual learners or auditory learners, and and we know there's a difference, and everybody is is individual with that. And so, um, and what challenges have you have you found yourself, you know, been in, and kind of what you've learned too that like, okay, last year we did this, this year we're going to do this. Um, well, like I just I just switched our social studies curriculum, okay, because I realized that I don't think the one that we were using was as complete as I would like. So you have to be willing to pivot. Okay. Sometimes something you liked isn't working anymore, and that's fine. It's fine for that to happen. Yeah. Um, I would say COVID has made things interesting with the homeschool community. A lot of people went into that thinking, oh, you're all prepared. You're ready. And sure, yeah, we're ready to teach our kids. But we weren't prepared for that either because our education – Lots of zoos, lots of museums. Mm -hmm. All of those places had homeschool groups for us, too. So we could go to, like, a homeschool activity with 30 other homeschoolers at the Natural History Museum. And that's just now starting to come back. That's good to hear. So it's a very slow process, and I think, unfortunately, some places used it as an excuse to get rid of their programs. Oh, no. they have not come back. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot out there, though, and I think people feel isolated at first. I mean, there's local groups. There's tons of ways to get involved. Our therapy schedule makes it hard for us right now to get involved because things are just not working. They, they overlap with something. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of support out there if you need it and you have the free time to utilize it. And, and I love the fact that you're able to help her recover from a very major surgery. And I appreciate, Ava, that you were describing kind of what that surgery, you know, was and what it meant to you and that it's it's helping you. Tell me, if you don't mind, like some of the therapies that you're doing right now. Um, I don't mind really any of them. I just don't like doing the work. The work? You mean, what do you mean by that? Like, I just don't like doing their work they asked me to do, but it's pretty fine. Yeah, what, what, do you, what are the therapies that you're involved in? Vision, OT, feeding. Did I see reading? Reading. No. Reading. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think that's it. Okay. And Miss Jamie. Oh, and a counselor. 
Okay, and you talked to Miss Jamie, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, what does she help you with? Anger issues. Okay. She helps you kind of feel feel your feelings and know how to... And also how to help me um, talk to my cousin without her hitting me. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Well, my cousin isn't really the best kid. She threatens a lot. So we go to see Miss, we started seeing Miss Jamie because um, of Ava's incoming surgery, because I knew it would be a rough surgery, a rough recovery, and we wanted to try to give her some tools before it got to the hospital. Yeah. And we've continued to see her because she's very useful for talking about our emotions, social situations, uh, dealing with peers. Ava sometimes struggles with many of those things. And I, it's, it's I think most excellent. people do, right? And, and I'm constantly telling Ava that, um, and Ava has ASD, so that's that's one of the reasons for our developmental challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's what's known as twice exceptional. So she's. Also I was going to say she's very high functioning. She's very smart, but she also still has that component, mm-hmm. which which makes it hard. It it masks it, which is one of the reasons we left preschool because she's not. It's not interfering enough that they're willing to give her help. But at the end of the day, when she's struggling, she's falling apart. Mm-hmm. So she needs to still have the help. Yeah. And um, I always tell Ava that it is hard enough to be nine right now. Nine is not like it was when I was a kid. There are so many social struggles. And uh, being outside of the school system does not take any of them away. I will tell you that. You would, you would think so, but... You would think so, but no, it is everywhere and it is around you anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad that you're working with her so that she can help you in, when you feel your feelings, right? I think yeah. everybody needs that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that, that it's, it's helping you. What's something that you do? What's something you can tell everybody listening when you start to feel angry? What did she tell you to try to do? When I feel angry, she tells me to, um, I'm trying to remember, I haven't talked about anger in a while. I've been talking about more friends lately. Yeah, well, t- you could talk about that if you'd like. I think she told me to t- take a few deep breaths and, um, like, Try to calm yourself down, and if you need to calm down by yourself, you can do that. Or if you need someone to cuddle you, you can also have a cuddle, too. Yeah, I think that sounds like really good advice. Is it working so far? Uh, I would say probably. Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell her about the different not better approach? Yeah, Yeah, what is that? That's been a big one we've been working on. So lately my cousin and me have been figuring out who is more active. Okay. And so what's the not better approach? Well, the not better is that Hallie keeps saying she's more active because she has more sports. But my sports are also really hard sports, and hers are also hard sports. So I'm thinking we're both equally, and we have different sports, which makes it better. So different, not better. Okay, different, different not better. Different experiences that doesn't make either of them better. Yes, I like that. So we have to remember, it's we're different, not better. And I think everybody can remind themselves about that too, don't you think? Yeah. Especially on social media, because it's easy to feel oh, like yeah. <laughs> everything's better or, you know, but it's just different. And that's how we celebrate everybody's differences too, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling, you know, like maybe we're not as good as someone else. Yeah. I like that. Different, not better. Uh-huh. I'm going to remember that. I think I'm going to write that down. What do you think? That'd be a good idea. Yeah. What else do you guys want to tell about your experience with doing school at home? 
Is there anything you want to tell other kids to help them? Maybe you could ask them to ask their parents to go to homeschool. <laughs> oh, you want to recommend it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's very good, and it also gives them really good intelligence. Yeah, you're getting smart. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're pretty smart, aren't you? Yes. And that's cool, too, because mom can actually, it. she can teach you. She can even go and start to do fourth grade stuff. I bet you're doing some fourth grade stuff, too, huh? Uh, I would say so. She could tell you. She knows, huh? One of the advantages you have of homeschooling is that if you are usually in a classroom, you don't finish your textbooks. It's just, um, it's impossible and it doesn't happen. But yeah. We, we finish every year. So we start ahead of where other kids usually pick up reviewing. So naturally you get ahead of the curve. Yeah, that makes sense. But I understand that. You get plenty of times to supplement and get out. Last year we chose as a family vacation to go to Washington, D.C. So then we got all that extra education and Ava loves history. So it's the perfect spot for her. Oh, yeah. What was your favorite part about Washington, D.C.? The subways in our backyard pool. Yeah. Oh, you had, did you stay in a house? Yeah. So And you like to ride the subways, huh? Uh-huh. What was your favorite monument? Do you remember some of the monuments? I can't decide between the Abraham Lincoln monument and the, D, the um, Martin Luther King monument. <gasps> Those are both really cool, aren't they? I'd probably say Martin Luther King because it's really big and cool. Yeah. That's I, I, I would imagine there's a lot of kids out there that have had haven't had a chance to go. So would you recommend that they, they go visit Washington DC? Yeah. Yeah. If you live near it. Yeah. Or you could travel to it uh-huh. and stay in a cool house maybe with a pool in the back. Uh uh-huh, because we only live five hours away from it. Yeah, we're pretty lucky, aren't we? Yes. I'm planning to go back again to September. Yes, that'll be fun. She wants to, but that's what well, we integrated. And that's one of the advantages of homeschool yeah. is that we learned a lot about everything before we went. So then when we went, we were able to maximize on our knowledge and, yeah. um, you know, really just get the most out of it that we could. I think that's really cool. I, I went, let's see, when was the last time I went? I think it was five years ago or so, but it, it's even now it's still pretty spectacular. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. Is there anything else you feel like everyone needs to know? Get a hamster. You like your hamster? Tell me your hamsters again. You have a hamster and what's the other one? A dog. And a dog. Okay. Hammy and, and Henley. Ham, Hammy and Hammy is the hamster. Yeah. And Henley's the dog. Yeah. Okay. I know you threw me off a little bit, Ava, when you told me you had two brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> I, I would like to add one thing. I, just, I would love just address it. it. Um, one thing that they have open to them now that wasn't open when I was a child, and maybe would have changed the course of when I was a child too, because it wasn't an opportunity. One of the main reasons that we went back to school is my mom felt my brother had to go back to high school so that he wouldn't miss out on things she couldn't teach. Okay. You know, I, I'm willing to admit I can teach basic chemistry. Am I an AP chemistry teacher? <laughs> Absolutely no way. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me neither. But, and I actually have a degree in chemistry. <laughs> there you go. There's... there's Science is not my strength, and I'm willing to admit that. Although I've had to learn everything there is about <laughs> some medical aspects of it. Um, yes, that's true. But now, even though they are in elementary school, you know, I'm always thinking ahead, always planning. Like, if we don't go back, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. How is this going to proceed? They have the college. There's a term for it, and of course, it's escaping my brain right now. But the college something experience, prep experience something. Prep, no, it's not that. 
You can look it up. But okay. essentially, once they hit seventh grade, if they're homeschooled, they can take free college credits. Wow. From seventh grade onward. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to push your kid into like these intense college classes, but it means if algebra is not your thing or chemistry is not your thing, mm-hmm. then sign them up, get into the program, and they can take chemistry through, say, Kent State or a different community college. And they can do it online. So, you know, you can help them along, not don't do the course for them, but you can help them along. And then they're still getting the same educational opportunities, plus more. If your kid likes to draw, use that program to sign them up for an art class mm-hmm. through there once they hit seventh grade. And that continues through high school. And that's how a lot of parents who homeschooling doesn't mean that you're going to sacrifice their college education or their um, graduation. You can still graduate them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people use those classes to supplement their high school um, their high school transcripts. Okay. So that when they graduate high school, it's not just you saying, oh, these kids did it. Yeah. When you're applying to the colleges, they can see your kids got a list of, you know, 15 college courses that they completed and earned grades in. Yes, that's really good to know. What about families that want, I mean, and children too. I mean, it's, I, I, that was funny. I kind of, sl- I don't want to <laughs> say slip, but in many ways I find parents want their kids to do competitive sports, but the child doesn't necessarily always want to. But let's say they both want to do that. And what about, what, if, if you know, what can parents do in that situation if they really want to at that level? And, and you may not know, but... Technically, um, it depends on your district, but you are supposed to, as a homeschooler, have, as, have access to the same programs. So I would be able to approach, say, a high school football... I don't know why I said football. <laughs> She's like a football star. But yeah. um, if, if those were her sports, say soccer, and say I want her to try out with the team, and then they would allow her to play with the high school soccer team. So she could play competitive sports and anything she wanted once they started, middle school, high school, et cetera. It's not a concern right now. She doesn't have that interest, so we will consider continue dance and competitive gymnastics, which is in some ways easier because then I don't have to mess with them. Yeah, it's individual. You can yep. work it at your own your own schedule, which has been working out really well for you. But then I kind of think too, like band, you know, I mean, if you want to be in marching band or there's whatever so extracurricular activities is you what you're saying. That's tricky because a lot of times the band meets during the school day. Okay. So I will say, I don't know how it works around here. I know some districts and that's a district by district decision. Okay. So some homeschoolers, they have their kid in the school band. They have their kid in the school orchestra. Mm-hmm. Some homeschoolers, their district doesn't want to work with them. Okay. But I think it's worth checking. It certainly is. And you, it might just be a case of maybe you're the first one who asked. Right. You might you be know? paving the way for others and trying to figure out. And I think that that is not going, I think that's something that is definitely possible, especially because of what's happened in the last few years. I think people are really starting to identify in their own children that they all learn differently. And I, I know as far as being a pediatrician, I've seen it both ways. I've seen kids that have really struggled being home for whatever reason. And, and it could be that there really isn't a structured homeschool environment. But now that they're in school, in-person works really well for them and, and vice versa. And I also know of a family that their kids now are thriving and learning and getting really good grades. And so they're now homeschooling and and they didn't even realize how much trouble their kids were having. I mean, they knew they were having learning problems or learning concerns, but they, they've been able to fix it. It's been much easier for them to be able to do that. So it, it really kind of meets, you know, the fact 
just identifying each family and, and how we all work differently. You know, and education isn't a one-size-fits-all. No. So, and, and neither is parenting, and neither are children. And just like what you said, some some parents and children, I know of a few too, you know, I mean, homeschooling would not work because they just don't have that dynamic. And yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's simply true. So yeah, public I, school is a great solution for those children, but then other children thrive more at home. Yeah, I, lo- I like that. It's it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all, that's for sure. When parents always say to me, like, oh, gosh, my kids are so different, I always say, it would be so boring if they were the same, right? Yes. They all they all bring their own challenges, right? And we learn. And as they grow, there's um, it's really fun. And it's been fun, Ava, watching you grow up. Mm-hmm. So I've known you since, your mom said, three days old. And now how, how old are you again? Nine. And now you're nine. That's pretty cool. Well, it's been an honor to be your pediatrician and be part of your family. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Anything else you feel is like really people need need to know or just any ending comments, I guess, is what I'll say before we say goodbye. What about you, Ava? What would you like? You got one more thing to tell everyone out there. Do our classes. Do your classes, yeah. Oh, I think she said do art classes. Oh, do art, yeah. Add add something a little bit different, huh? Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Or play some piano, because that's really fun, too. Do you play the piano? Yeah. So you like to do art and play the piano? It sounds like your, your learning is very diverse. Do you know what I mean by that? No. What means that you get to have a lot of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, I look forward to seeing you, but hopefully for your next well visit, not because you're sick. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to follow me wherever you like to listen to your shows, especially like Spotify or Apple Podcast. And it has really been a joy to have a family that I, I get to take care of and help all of us grow up together. 